Welcome to the Captivatingly Confident Podcast. My name is Kim Ludeman, and I am passionate about helping women just like you embrace your true self so you can show up confidently in your life. Join me as we talk about overcoming limiting beliefs, reshaping what health and wellness really look like, and take steps to becoming captivatingly confident. With all that said, let's go to the show. Okay, episode 41. Here we go. The month of January has been dedicated to talking about confidence blockers. These are people, things, or ideas that keep you stuck in a body and life that you do not like. They hold you back, they cause self-sabotage, they get in your way. And this week we're going to be talking about sugar. And The title of this episode is Sugar is Not a Treat, and we're going to dive into why that's true starting right now. So let's talk about what we mean when we say sugar. So for the purposes of our talk today, sugar is anything that is sucrose, so granulated, and also we're going to throw in natural sugar as well. So honey, maple syrup, molasses, fruit any kind of baked good ice cream, candies, cookies, donuts, my personal favorite, anything like that is going to fall into our sugar category for today. So let's do a really quick history on sugar. So sugar used to be a rare commodity that was really, really expensive and really hard to get. So when people had sugar back in the good old days, it was something that was like a special thing right? Back then it was a treat. And that was because of literal scarcity and expense. Fast forward to today, sugar's everywhere. It's one of the cheapest things to produce and it's in everything and it's everywhere and it's all over the place and it's really hard to avoid. But yet we act like it needs to be a treat or that it's good or bad. And it's simply not the case. When it comes to sugar, sugar is not a treat. Sugar is not bad. Sugar is not the devil. Sugar has gotten a really bad rap over the last, oh man, 50, 60 years. And a lot of it started with the low fat revolution. And this is where diet companies and and food producers got together and they were like, hey, you know, we need to figure out ways to promote our products. And anyway, without getting too conspiracy theory, basically they came out with a low-fat approach to living. And that low-fat approach called for more sugar. And a lot of people listening remember this time in history. It was the late 80s, early 90s when this low-fat craze came on the scene. And when you take fat out of the equation, you're left with really bland food. So they had to use sugar and other sweeteners to kind of spice it up a little bit and make it still appealing. And what this did was it created a sugar dependence in a lot of people. And the fast food companies started to get on this train as well. And they put sugar in their sauces and their breads and their french fries and there's sugar everywhere. And so everybody struggles with a certain amount of sugar dependence because it's just everywhere. 
But here's the thing about sugar, and here's the problem, is that when you moralize it and you demonize it and you give it a bad rap, it just makes you want it more because you have crazy town in your head, basically. So the transactional analysis theory developed by Bernie's states that you have the parent, the child, and the adult living in your head. If you're into Freudian psychology, this is the ego, the id, and the superego. But anyways, the parent is the controlling, critical, very protective voice. And this is the one that says, sugar's bad. You have to have sugar in moderation. Then you have the child who's like, but I want it now. Immediate gratification. Just give it to me. I want it all the time. You can't tell me no. And then there's the adult that's like, okay, time out. How do I live my life when you're both on opposite ends of the spectrum? How do I mediate between the child and the parent? And it's really challenging as adults to really get that clear message, especially when our diet and fitness industry has also demonized sugar. There's billions of dollars each year dedicated to the eradication of sugar from your life. Whether that's a 21-day sugar detox or why I quit sugar, it's a book, or you know, giving up desserts or going completely sugar-free. And while this is admirable, I guess, it's not the answer. It's not. So when we moralize sugar, right, we call it bad, we say that it's unhealthy, the problem there is twofold, right? Because we think when I do something bad, then I'm bad. Especially if you've got that kind of on repeat, right? It's like sugar's bad. I eat sugar when I'm sad, lonely, bored, craving it, you know, what insert reason here, justification here, and I eat it. And then I feel bad, right? It's we know this, we know this drill, right? It's like, okay, I'm gonna be good. I'm gonna eat healthy, I'm gonna eat right, and you know, I'm gonna do so good this time. <laughs> and something happens and you fall off the wagon, or you cheat, or you slip, or you get off track. And it's like, well, all right, there goes that. I'll just, I'll start again on Monday. Monday's a fresh day. I've already blown it, so I'm gonna, you know, forget the weekend. But Monday. Or you get to Monday and you're like, I feel so guilty. I need to do a detox. I have to, I gotta go hit the treadmill because I gotta, I gotta burn this off. I have to earn it. And that's how we kind of assuage the guilt that we feel because we're stuck in a cycle that we created. When you remove the labels from sugar and you view it as just a substance, like it's a food, it's not good, it's not bad, it just is. And you let sugar be just what it is. It loses a big part of its power because it's not something that you've moralized. It's not forbidden. It isn't off limits. And you practice saying to yourself, I am an adult. I can have as much sugar as I want to whenever I want to. I don't have to hide it. I don't have to sneak it. I can eat it in plain sight as much as I want. And this is like, it's almost like an affirmation statement. 
Because once you start to grasp that you can have whatever you want when you want it, it, again, kind of chips away at this shining glow of sugar. And it loses some of its power. Because you've recognized that you have the ability to choose when you have it. And I would venture to say that you are not addicted to sugar, but you're dependent. So I'm speaking to those who get stuck in the cycle of either binge eating or just sugar eating all the time. And it's like, I can't stop. And I totally get what this is like. I wrestled with extreme sugar addiction from age six up until about age 28, 29. Yeah, it was a long, hard road, my friends. Long, hard road. So I totally understand. And there are ways that you can start to move through that and come on the other side. And let me tell you, being on the other side of a sugar addiction is incredible. And it is worth every moment Every time you have to stop yourself and practice your mindset and practice your awareness, it's so incredibly worth it. So here's another thing is that we often get distracted when we're eating sugar, right? It's like there's either the rush to hide. So like you feel guilty or shameful about eating ice, like ice cream, for example, and you just eat it really, really fast because you don't want anybody to see. And like, you don't even want yourself to see. You're just like, oh, I just need it. And you just go on autopilot. It's like, you can't even stop. So here's a thing that you can do, a practical thing that you can start to do to, again, chip away at the armor that sugar has and take away some of its power. And this is intentional eating. So next time you have a craving, for me, it's sprinkle cake donuts. Oh my gosh, nothing better than a sprinkle cake donut. So next time you have a craving, say you want my donut, you're going to go and you're going to get one, whether that's Voodoo, Krispy Kreme, Safeway, Dunkin' Donuts, pick your place, go and get a donut and then sit down in a quiet space. Don't pull out your phone. Don't, you know, pull out your computer or a book or watch TV, like sit with your donut and remind yourself that you wanted this and ask yourself, do I still want this? If the answer is yes, okay, moving forward. If the answer is no, I don't, I don't really want this actually. Then toss it and leave. Toss it and leave and figure out what, what happened there? How did I end up in the donut shop? And if it is, if the answer is yes, here's what we're going to do. You are going to look at your donut. You're going to admire the sprinkles. Oh, they're so pretty. The way the glaze just kind of caresses the donut. Oh, yeah. Yes, girl. You're going to get personal with your donut. Then you're going to take a bite and you're going to sit there and you're going to taste it and savor it. And you're going to feel the crunch of the sprinkles and the the crunch of the glaze and the soft, ooey gooey donut center. Oh, it's delightful. And then you put it down and you enjoy, and then you pick it up and you have another bite and you do the exact same thing. You pay attention. How does it feel? Oh, it's delicious. Yes, it's really good. And you do the same thing for bite three. And by the time you get to bite four, a weird thing happens. Your brain gets the dopamine hit that it was looking for. 
and the flavor profile changes. It's the craziest thing. If you doubt me, then try it. Try it and prove me wrong. (laughs) My husband doubts me on this, and I'm like, try it, and he never does because he knows I'm right. But that bite four does not taste as good as bite number one or two or three because your brain is already done. So it's at that point that you get to choose. Okay, am I going to continue to eat this donut knowing that it doesn't taste quite as good as it did a few minutes ago? Or am I going to be satisfied knowing full well that I could eat the rest of the donut and then I can come back here anytime I want to? Anytime, as long as they're open. Because I don't condone breaking and entering into your donut shop. I do not condone it. (laughs) And if the answer is, you know what, I want to eat the rest of it, do it. Do it and let yourself off the hook. You give yourself permission to eat the donut. It's not a treat. It's not bad. It's not unhealthy. It just is. It just is. And you take all of that armor away and you just let it have no power. You have all the power. You have the power to choose to stop, to go, to throw it away, to save it for later, whatever you want to do. You could finish that whole donut and buy another one. Heck, you could eat a whole box. And that gets into how are you going to feel 10 minutes after you eat it. But again, you're giving yourself permission to let go of the need to feel guilt. Because there's a thing, and Gay Hendricks talks about this in his book, The Big Leap. And he talks about the upper limit issue. And the upper limit problem is where we kind of hit our happiness ceiling. And then we self-sabotage to get back down into the comfort zone of what we know and what's familiar and what keeps us safe. So if you're practicing this, you're going to hit that guilt ceiling. And you're going to think, oh, I need to, I need to go to the gym tomorrow and work this off or shoot, I can't believe I did it again. And you're going to have those recurring thoughts because your brain's trying to keep you safe. And when you start to feel that, you're going to go, hey, hey, I know you, you're the upper limit problem. And you're going to take a big breath and you're going to say, you know what? That donut was delicious. I'm glad I ate it. And I give myself permission to not feel bad. And at first, you're going to feel like an absolute dork. And you're going to be like, Kim, this is ridiculous. I can't believe I'm even doing this. But friend, try it again and again and again and again. The more you practice taking your power back from sugar by not thinking of it as a treat, bad, or something that you need to feel guilty about, It will lose its luster and your cravings will actually decrease. What? You would think that they would ramp up, but no, no. Because the reason that they ramp up is because it's off limits. It's something that needs to be restricted and bad. And I'm sure you're probably thinking in your head, but Kim, it's not healthy for me. Like, you know, it's going to cause all sorts of problems in my body. And if you are going to town on those donuts on the regular, like daily, it's probably going to cause a problem. But if you are practicing this intentional eating and giving yourself permission to listen to your body and what it wants, it's not going to be an issue for you. It's not. And you also have to weigh the cost. And this is another important part to take note of. How much Mental energy do you spend fighting against 
what you really want food-wise. Like knowing like, oh, I should probably eat a salad, but I really want a burger. Burgers are delicious. I hate salad, but I'm going to eat salad anyways. How much time do you spend thinking about that? How much time and energy do you spend hating on your body? Pinching, pulling, picking, critiquing in the mirror and just, oh, I need to lose weight. If I just lost weight, I'd be happier. If I could just kick sugar, I would be happier. If I could just eat healthier, I would be happier. Friend, it's not true. It starts with taking your power back. You give your power away so easily. We do it. We do this all the time. But starting to recognize that you're an adult and you can make choices. And taking responsibility for those choices too. Not blaming anybody else, but taking responsibility and then letting yourself off the freaking hook. You're hard enough on yourself already. I know you. I know how hard you are on yourself. I know how much you beat yourself up and how critical you are of yourself. And girl, you get to let yourself off the hook because you're just living. And it's not living to demonize food groups for the sake of health because it's going to cost you in your mental health. And this might be something to sit and journal about too. If you're like, well, I'm not really sure how much time I spent thinking about it. Try and catch yourself. When you're criticizing your body or your food choices or criticizing yourself for having a craving, guys, cravings are normal. They are often a signal that something else is going on too, because often we look for sugar when we have uncomfortable feelings. And sometimes it's not sugar. Sometimes it's like salty, crunchy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, crunchy chips, right? And that is another kind of like a little alarm bell that can go off in your head. If you're having a craving out of nowhere, especially if you've just eaten and you're having a sweet craving or you need a sweet after a meal, chances are there's some uncomfortable emotions that are going on. And again, by ignoring those, numbing them, distracting yourself from them by eating, whether it's sugar or chips or even healthy food, doesn't matter what your poison is, you're numbing those feelings that need to come up. They need to come up for you. And so giving them space, naming them, there is so much science behind the power of naming things, naming feelings, recognizing that they are there because feelings are energy and that energy is bouncing around in your body. So when you give it voice, you actually speak it out. Like you help to get it out and you feel so much better when you're like, you know what? I really want a cake donut. I'm really sad. Oh, what am I sad about? Well, I'm sad about, and you can do this kind of internal inventory where you're understanding yourself a little bit better. And if you're like, Kim, I don't like uncomfortable feelings. Well, you're not alone. Nobody does. Nobody's like, yay, uncomfortable feelings. I'm going to sit right here in this tension. I love it. I can't get enough. No, nobody does that. Nobody does that. But you get to because it's a choice. It's a choice that you get to make and choose for yourself. How much time do you spend avoiding uncomfortable feelings? What is that costing you mentally, emotionally, physically? It can be so draining trying to keep All those emotions stuffed down low where they don't come up. 
And this is this is a tough one, friend. So if you are ready to start letting some of those feelings come up and be seen, then join the Captivatingly Confident Facebook community. We are here for you. It is a great place for you to come and say, you know what? I think I'm ready to take my power back from sugar and I'm ready to let myself off the freaking hook. I am ready to extend myself grace and compassion as I learn to make choices that move me closer to where I want to be. I trust that I have the ability within myself to make choices that benefit me. And yes, I'm probably going to slip. I'm probably going to fall and I'm going to have my upper limit moments and I'm going to run into self-sabotage and I'm going to run back to what's comfortable and what's known. But I am committing, I am investing in myself that I am going to try again. If I slip and fall, that's okay. I've the next meal I can get back on. The next craving, I can try again. And again, you're extending that grace and compassion. I want you to do an exercise with me real quick. I want you to imagine that your best friend just came to you and said, hey, I really struggle with sugar. It is hard for me and it's consuming my thoughts. And would you just, would you just walk with me? Can you imagine looking at her and going, no, you should feel terrible about your sugar addiction. I can't believe you. You need to quit sugar. You need to lose some weight. If you just got over yourself, you would be much happier. No, you would never say that. You would never say that because that's not true. But you say it to yourself. Why is that? Why are we so critical of ourselves and yet so lax with others? And it's amazing when you start to make choices that benefit you, like you're, you choose to have your craving, right? Whatever it is that you're craving. You choose to have it, and you choose to be present, and you choose to taste it and savor it until that flavor profile changes and you don't want it anymore. And you're going to trust yourself that you're not going to eat the whole box of cookies or the whole bag of chips. And if you do, then you come to the Facebook group and say, you know what? I just, I feel like I blew it. Here's what happened. And get support. Get the encouragement and grace and compassion that you won't give yourself. Come. Find support because that is what it's all about. And if you're like, you know what? This really struck a chord with me. And I, I feel like I just really want to do this thing. Like I want to learn how to choose and make choices that get me where I want to be because the ones I'm making are keeping me stuck. And if that's you, I want to talk to you because I want to help you. And all of my listeners get a free 20-minute clarity call. And that's where you and I sit down and we talk about what you feel like you're missing and where you want to be and what your hopes and dreams are and how we can work together to get you there. I offer small group and individual coaching, and I want to help you. I have been there, done that, got the sugar addict t-shirt, but I also have been on the other side for a long time. And I know what it takes to get here. I know what it takes to confidently make good choices, choices that benefit you, and make them consistently. I know what it takes and I know how to help you.
So if you're ready to take that step, visit captivatinglyconfident.com backslash clarity call and schedule with me and let's talk and let's figure out what your next best step is. Even if it's not working with me, let's find you the next step so that you can start feeling more powerful, more confident in your life. Okay, my friends. So remember, sugar is not a treat. It is not bad. It is not the devil. It's not unhealthy. It just is. It's a part of your life. It's not going anywhere. So you can learn how to intentionally eat or you can continue to struggle with it and just stay stuck. The choice is up to you. I offer you the ability to receive support, encouragement, and help. And I hope that you take it. All right, my friends, I will see you next.